Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Terrell Ford III, and I am joined by illustrious guests this week, uh, the captain of the multiracial delegation, Frankia. Say what's up to the people. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm having a great week. How about you? <laughs> We're also <laughs> by the captain of the white delegation, Sean. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm also having a great week. Very good, very good. It, it was a fun week. It was a fun weekend for comic fans. We had the DC Fandom event, the virtual co- uh, virtual convention, and I must say, it, it re- pretty much went out, went off without a hitch. Um, if you if you're a DC fanboy or fangirl and you're looking to get hyped, I mean, I can't imagine what they would have prevent what they could have fallen short of presenting to you. Um, we're gonna, you know, talk about a little bit about that before we dive into our uh, racial draft shenanigans. Uh, what would you say, Sean, was the high point of the uh, fandom event for you? Uh, the fact that I'm getting a Dick Grayson video game that is packaged as a multiplayer Bat Family game—that is the this is the dream. That was the uh, Gotham Knights video game. Uh, hopefully, you guys will uh, check out the trailer. Um, it was it looked amazing. It was the it was a uh, Nightwing, Red Robin, uh, Red Hood, and Batgirl all all doing their thing in the video game. I'm not even a big video game fan, and I was hyped up. I might watch the trailer again after the show ends. Um, Kia, did you catch that trailer? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. And I was just pretty hyped. It looked dark. It looked awesome. I loved it. Cool. Cool. And, you know, I mean, obviously that has slight racial draft implications because uh, two of the characters in the Gotham Knights game um, are, re- are represented in our draft. You have uh, Nightwing with the Asian delegation and you have Barbara Gordon in the white delegation. So, uh, but, you know, as, as, it, as it stands, Sean didn't get his hands on on a Nightwing, and let's let's face it, a lot of people want their get their hands on Nightwing. Um, well, so Kia, what was the highlight of the Fandom event for you? I would have to say Wonder Woman coming out with 1984. Yes, I was really excited about that. I watched the trailer numerous times, and I my multi like you know we were talking about like you know just adding you know different different um races and whatnot to obviously to our characters and i think i just really you know picked the perfect one what do you think mike like yeah did you see um yeah there wasn't a ton of diversity in the way that the trailer came to us exactly you know from the 1984 version but you know i have a pretty active imagination so i went ahead and put my racial draft glasses on and imagined wonder woman as a multiracial and then, uh, of course, when we saw Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, she was definitely giving off big Karen vibes. So, you know, that, that added enough attention to, to her character's motivation. As far as I'm concerned, um, she's, she's the Karen of 1984. The pro- <laughs> it is official DC canon now. Karens are furries. Karen, ca- furry Karen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now I love the cheetah casting. Um, for me, like I love the Wonder Woman trailer, but I also love the trailer for the Batman. Um, I mean, I knew it was he was that Matt Reeves was super enthusiastic about what he was doing. I mean, he was he spoke so 
um, glowingly about his process. And he said, you know, they'd only shot about 20% of the movie, but he hit us with a trailer that, you know, man, I went to bed. I went to bed like it was the morning time, if you know what I mean. Um, like, so <laughs> I'm like for Batman. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a big Batman fan, but I, and I want to see uh, the direction that he takes the character. The, I would, would have to say that though, that the, the most brutal moment of the trailer is when the criminal asks him who he is. And instead of giving the, the old school, I'm Batman, he answers with about, I don't know, what is it, 27 minutes of beatdown? What, what do you think, Sean? How long, did, how long did Batman beat that guy down? Oh, it went numerous panels. I mean, we, we cut away to other characters, you know, came back. He is just getting so many points stacking up here. You're coming in a little bit low. Do you mind uh, adjusting your levels a little bit? Uh, Does that help? Sean? Can you hear me? Barely, barely. For some reason, we, we're, you're coming in a low. Coming in a little low. I'll see if I can maybe adjust you on my end. Uh, did, you, did you happen to catch that trailer for Batman? Yes, I did. And it was, I mean, it was dark. I mean, other than he was like, I, who are you? And they're like, I am vengeance. And I'm like, oh, oh, who's your daddy now? Like, I just love the excess of force, like, which, which is weird. I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of excessive force in real life. I, I want to point that out now. I'm only, only in the movies, only in the movies. I just want to. I don't believe there were any. Uh, I don't believe there were any goons of that were black. So, as far as we know, um, Batman is not racist. So, he's he is vengeance, but he is equal opportunity beatdowns. Okay, yeah, but excessive force. I just want to point out again. I do not want to like you know see myself on Twitter, or you know have certain people be like, oh, Kia said she likes excessive force, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't. We definitely don't want that. Um, oh, the other, the other highlight of the trailer was making the Riddler menacing as fuck, right? <laughs> like he was giving me seven vibes. What do you guys? What, what did you think about that, Sean? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Uh, I've never seen Seven. That's the that is the thing everybody is throwing out, and I'm like, I've never seen that movie. So next time we talk, you have to see Seven so that the reference makes sense. <laughs> what do you think about the Riddler, Kia? Um, I just I was just like, this is just gonna be good. Like, I can't wait. Like, I thought it was probably I thought initially I thought like, oh, they're probably gonna kind of make the Riddler like the same as they've done before, blah blah blah. But no, looks different. I'm I'm intrigued. I can't wait. And 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 what I one of the the funny things that stood out for me is that you know the trailer ends and you know we've been going through whatever we've been going through with Corona in terms of knowing when movies are coming out and the fact that it starts out with a question mark for when the movie's coming out I was like yeah that's about <laughs> that's about right <laughs> not in question mark twenty one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean the Riddler is a is the perfect vil uh, supervillain for our uncertain times. Was the Riddler um, drafted? He has not been drafted, but oh, he also yeah. hasn't been very much in, in the books recently. 
Um, who I mean, that could change in the next in the next couple months. So maybe the season two, especially as we get closer to the movie, I'm sure they're going to want to push the Riddler. Um, and and I know there have been people who've talked about what if the Riddler was something other than white. So I I would definitely be open to it. Did you guys catch uh, any of the Suicide Squad stuff? <gasps> yes. What did you think about it, Sean? You go first. Exact same reaction. Um, what excited me the most, like you were talking about Matt Reeves talking about the Batman. Mm-hmm. That for me was James Gunn talking about Suicide Squad. He somehow described it as superheroes meets a genre we quite haven't seen, which is like the 70s war film. And I'm just like, oh, that sounds that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, very excited. Oh, yes. And I saw yeah, I saw my girl Holly Quinn, you know, doing her shit. Doing her shit. Ah. Yeah, I don't But I, honestly, oh oh sorry, sorry to interrupt, but honestly, I could totally see Cardi B as Harley. V or whatever you know, uh, however we did it, uh, but I could totally see Cardi B being Harley Quinn, well, the way we like grew up and everything. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how you did you did your little draft that way, and um, you know Harley is a, is an amazing character, and Har you know and Cardi is an amazing character. Um, I imagine that um, Harley has her own WAP, right? Um, so yeah, I mean. This- <laughs> He just literally said that. Yes, she did. It took me a little bit. I was like, no, he didn't. Did he really? Yes, he did. <laughs> and yeah, so so we both we both got a Suicide Squad uh, little sort of behind the scenes teaser. And there's also a Suicide Squad video game, which I actually missed the trailer for. Did you catch it, Sean? I caught it. Um, for me, like both the video games are the highlights for me. I thought this trailer was like one of the best things to come out of it. It's uh, it's got a great humor, mm-hmm. and like, we didn't see any actual gameplay, but we saw the way the characters fought in the trailer. And if you're able to emulate that, like, uh, Deadshot had like a jetpack, and he was like flying up a wall and like burning creatures on the wall with it. If you could somehow do that in the video game. That would be remarkable. Oh, cool. Did you catch the trailer, Kia? Not for the game. No, I did not. Okay. But said, I, yeah, I, I, the movie, though, I am there for it. Yeah, like, for, I mean, I'm going to go order some gourmet popcorn. And that cast is so star-studded. Like, they just kept racking up names. They kept calling them out. And yeah. Like, Man. What's that guy from um, SNL? I saw him, too. Yeah. Um, uh, getting his name now. You know, he's like the king of Staten Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Davidson. Ariana... Yeah, he yeah he got dumped by Ariana Grande. Yeah, I couldn't I could not not say that. He went. You know what? I'm not going to say what I was going to say about his. Uh, went from a little guy to a big. No, big, I was going to talk about the fact that he's in the Suicide Squad, um, but I'll leave it. I'll leave it alone. Oh, you're going to make a joke about? Oh, I got you. I got you. I mean, I made the joke then, didn't I? But anyway, um, <laughs> I got uh, it though. The other highlights were um, Black Adam, the long-awaited. Do you know that that the, the Rock was cast as Black Adam back in, I believe, two thousand and four? Really? Well, no, I think maybe no, it might be two thousand eight. Sorry, but it's been. I think I think it's seven. 
done several. Yeah. I think, okay, I'm going off what Cash said, and I'm pretty sure he said 13 years. So that would be 2007. But yeah, so it's over a decade he's been, he's been waiting to do this movie. And he's just been getting bigger and bigger. Um, so, I mean, hopefully next year when we get Black Adam, he'll be ready. To the entire MCU happened. Right. After he got cast. So, I mean, The Rock is really enthusiastic about it. He didn't offer us... I'm really enthusiastic about The Rock. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. The Rock is, is quite the specimen. And, um, you know, Black Adam, he hasn't really popped up that much in comic storylines as of late. But I also imagine that as his movie gets closer and closer, he'll get a big storyline. Um, what's another thing that we saw? We saw a little bit about Shazam, who in the comics is uh, Black Adam's arch rival, but they're keeping them away from each other in the movies, it looks like. Uh, they didn't give us a lot. They talked about, they just they gave us the official title, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Did you guys catch the, the little teaser from Shazam? Sean? I didn't. I'm actually quite bad at the Snyder Cut because I was watching and then the Snyder Cut came on. And then I fell asleep, and I missed so many presentations because of the freaking Snyder Cut. Oh, well. The Snyder Cut has a way of taking over the energy, um, monopolizing the discussion. I mean, for its part, I actually did think the Snyder Cut um, trailer that they gave us, with you know questionable music choices aside, uh, gave me a little something to think about it. It's supposed to be four hours long. Are you going to watch a superhero movie for four hours, Kia? Yeah, with gourmet popcorn. <laughs> so, I mean, as I think Zack Snyder is probably going to want to put every single one of the ideas that he had for this movie into it. It never would have gone out to the theaters at four hours. So it's not, it's not what one would call a, a true Snyder cut. It's more like Snyder uncut. But... <laughs> But you know, I mean, I've got I've got Disney, um, not Disney. I've got a HBO Max, so you know, I'll fire up an hour each week as as it comes out and see if it's if it's any good. But um, because you have HBO Max, we have HBO Max. This is exciting. Exactly, Sean. What are you watching your HBO stuff on? I don't have HBO because uh, this thing called Crave has a monopoly on HBO in Canada. And you basically have to pay like $35 to $40 a month to get access to the HBO package through Crave. I got that for a single subscription. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, do you so, get... So I was going to ask, like, do you use something else? Hmm? We will not talk about other means of... Lovecraft Country is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I should answer your question. <laughs> now, Sean, did you catch a glimpse of the new costume for this for the Flash? I didn't. Yeah, there was some. Uh, they they showed some. Um, what it, what's it called? Concept art for the new. Okay. What does it look like? It looks like an actual Flash costume. Wouldn't you know it? It doesn't look like he's just wearing parts of metal on his body. Um, and apparently. One thing that I had suggested a while back is that, you know, Bruce Wayne make his costume. And it sounds like that's what's going to happen. 
So, oh, so they're essentially making Batman is Tony Stark to Flash's Spider-Man. Right, exactly. I mean, in, a, in many ways, it really felt like... But he's getting all the Batmans, because he's getting Michael Keaton and he's getting uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting multiple Batman mentors. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine? It's just like Into the Spider-Verse, right? But it's all Batman, and then there's just one Flash in there, and he's like, isn't this my movie? <laughs> yeah, into the Flash-Bat-Verse. Um, yeah, it should be all the Batman. Robert Pattinson should appear as well. Um, the guy from the animated cartoon should should appear as well. And uh, and yeah, just one Flash. Because you don't know you're in another universe until, until Batman shows up is basically how it works. Uh, one, of the, one of the news um, stories that was probably closest to my heart was the return of Milestone Media. Um, I grew up um, in the 80s and 90s and Milestone, when it kicked off in the 90s, kind of really opened up my eyes when it comes to diversity in comics. So to see them kind of relaunching the line on uh, early 2021, um, I, I was a little bit too old for the Static Shock cartoon, but you know, to hear a lot of people tell it, they loved it and they're, it's good to hear that they're thinking about doing a Static Shock live action and animated movie for that character. Well, the character of Static, but Static Shock was a cartoon. And um, yeah, I mean, I got like, for me, it was more about the overall milestone news more so than just Static, but I'm, I'm, I'm enthusiastic. I want to see wh where, where they go. They showed a little bit of uh, sample, uh, sample covers. Did you catch any of that, Sean? I did. Um, I don't have a lot to say on milestone. It's not something I'm super familiar with, but two things. One, you were too old for the cartoon. I was too young for the cartoon. It was out of syndication by the time I came around. Oh, I see. And, and um, what's going on with Jane Smith? Because he's been attached to be static forever. Do you not remember when they were making a project with him? I don't. I don't I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure I'm familiar who, with that actor. Uh, Will Smith's son. Oh, Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. Just... Yeah. yeah. Okay. They, he was attached at one point. It was going to be a web series. Yes, I now now that you mentioned, I do remember that. I imagine so he he got screwed, or he I don't know if he's still in the running. Maybe he just got into an entanglement. <laughs> Happy August, everyone! Um, but hey, Will, Will, what month is it? <laughs> August. Okay, sorry, sorry. But um. Well, one thing that did come up in the announcement is that DC is planning to put all of its old Milestone stuff up on its digital platforms. So for those of you who don't remember Milestone, you'll have the opportunity to kind of um, get familiar and try not to be, you know, try not to be too hard on it because it was the 90s after all. Who came out of it outside of Static? Because that's, that's the only name I know. Um, well... I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with Young Justice, the show. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. So the, so the character of Icon and Rocket, they are also from the Milestone universe. Uh, there's another character named Hardware, who I believe appeared on a couple episodes of Young Justice. Character named Holocaust slash Pyre. I can't remember which name he went by on Young Justice. He was also on that. Um, yeah, there were, 
it, it not not as many characters really kind of caught on the way Static did. Um, so I would say that unless you were part of like the the old school milestone heads that were reading the comic, it, it's probably going to be either like Static or Icon. And I think, I think that, well, there were, you know, a couple here and there news. There's one other thing, because I wanted to ask you a question, see if you have the answer to this. The Gotham PD show that's coming out, mm -hmm. they described the main character as somebody who has family ties to the corruption in Gotham, which means they have ties to the Wayne, and they are trying to navigate what it is to be a cop in a city of vigilantism. Who is that? Like, the one I'm thinking right off the top of my mind is Renee Montoya because she might become the question. Mm. But do the Montoya family have any connection to that? I didn't, I didn't think that they were saying that they had connections to the Waynes per se. I, and I also imagine that they're going to use uh, a, a brand new character just to kind of hide the ball a little bit. Um, for those of you don't, who don't know, there was a, a show that was meant to be um, debuting on HBO Max, and they gave us some more details about it because Matt Reeves, who was doing the Batman movie, has mentioned that the show is going to exist in its world. So whereas this movie, The Batman, will take place in Batman's second year, this show will take place in Batman's first year. So he'll still be kind of an unknown commodity, and it will kind of explore a little bit more about what's happening in the, um, the the dirty, corrupt trenches of Gotham City, where this new figure is starting to rear his head. I'm looking forward to that as well. I wonder what the timeline of that will be. Like, I wonder if the movie will come out before the show, um, and then it'll kind of be more of a prequel, or if they'll tie it, they'll 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 time it so that you actually watch the show and then it leads into the movie, which I would probably prefer that the latter. I think they'll do that because like I imagine, think about the production on something like Westworld, right? Mm -hmm. If you could time that so that each season of Gotham PD, let's call it Gotham Central, it's the best title, um, would lead into a movie season. So maybe this is year one, then we see year two, then the next season is year three. Because, like, honestly, what I want from the show is to eventually show all of Gotham. I don't really care about the cops. Show me how it's affecting people who could eventually become that family. Yeah, but I think, I hear what you're saying, but, I mean, cop shows have their, have their place, um, especially if they're going to explore a little bit more complexity in, in, the, in the department. Especially in this, also especially in a city like Gotham, like what I what, what I hated about the old Gotham TV show from Fox. I say old, but it's only from like eight years ago. Is that I grew up as a huge fan of The Wire, and I imagined them trying to get really deep into the corruption of institutions in Gotham, the way that uh, the way that Baltimore, the way that The Wire did for Baltimore, and obviously I was disappointed as it didn't do any of that. But now that HBO's involved, who knows? And also, I think it is a named character, because why would you tease character details if it was a new character, you know? Maybe. Why would you tease a character if it's just somebody brand new? That's a good point. 
we'll, we'll have to we'll just have to see. We'll we'll see what kind of details starts start to trickle trickle out. I mean, somebody exploring the corruption of the Gotham PD sounds like the question. Yeah, but she's. Well, I mean, I guess she's a little. You can be a little older, right? Um. I guess I more imagine. I always imagine her being a little like, close to the same age as Batman, if not younger. But they could they could figure that out, I suppose. The other big story that came out of the weekend, which was less of a news and more of confirmation of things that we already knew were coming, is that John Ridley, uh, the guy who wrote 12 Years a Slave and had been attached to a number of Marvel projects, it, uh, he has a, a DC project. He has, he has a DC project that's due to come out in November. Um, I forget the name of it, but um, I'll, I'll get it in a second. But in addition to this DC project, that's coming out in November. He also has a Batman title that's coming out in 2021. And it's going to focus on, it's going to focus on the Fox family, Lucius Fox uh, and, and the rest of their, their children. Um, are you familiar with Lucius Fox, Frankia? Kia? Oh, did we lose Kia? I don't know. All right, so I'll give it. I'll give it a sec to see if we can, if we can get Kia back. But um, yeah. So the the book that John Ridley was working on is called The Other History of the DC Universe. So I'm looking forward to both that title and this uh, this Batman title. And one of the things being teased in this was the idea that this Batman, whoever becomes the Batman in this title, will be a person of color. So we may get our first black Batman, or maybe even. Asian Batman, like we have in the racial draft, which I think is this is probably a good time to transition to our uh, our talk. Um, since we last spoke, we missed we missed you guys last week. Uh, apologies on my end, but uh, since we last spoke, there have been two weeks of two weeks of action, and um, I may as well run down the scores, Sean, if you're you know, feel free to offer your commentary about the, the scoring for the last week. Uh, once again, the number one team last week was the multiracial de de delegation with 92 points, led by Wonder Woman yet again with 27 points. Well, whoa, 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 27 points again? She got 27 points this is again. This is week three where we're talking about last week. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, yes. So, so there was 92 points for the multiracial team led by Wonder Woman's 27 points. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman, another, another dominating performance. 27 points for Wonder Woman, 17 points for Captain Marvel, 15 points for Harley Quinn. Uh, big scores, big scores, outscoring. Some of her single players were outscoring entire teams. Additionally, the second place, the second place uh, squad, if you will, was the Latinx team with 45 points, led by 24 points. So more than half of the points came from Superman. Other than that, it was uh, Black Panther with eight points and Sue Storm with five points. So it was a little bit of disappointing performance for the Latinx team. The third place a performer last week was the Asian team 
and speak of, you know, speak of the Batman, 25 points out of their 44 points were scored uh, last week by Batman. And their second scorer was Emma Frost and a whole bunch of very low scores for their 44 point total. Kia, do you want, do you, do you want to uh, talk a little trash about how you uh, mopped people last week with your 92 points compared to more points than the uh, other two teams that, that, uh, combined? I mean, I mean, points speak for itself. I, I'm just saying like, you know, hopefully in season two, there will be some competition, you know, I'm just, you know, looking for anybody to compete with, you know, just, just a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm just happy that uh, what I was trying to do um, in this whole draft, it's, it's worked, it's panned out. Well, stay tuned for, for more about that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly run down the other scores. Uh, Sean, uh, last week you scored 26 points, led by The Flash. Uh, the next scoring team was, I believe, the Polynesian team who had scored 15 points led by Storm. There was the Jewish team who scored 14 points led by Supergirl. Killing it, Supergirl. Sorry. The black team scored 13 points led by Flash, the blacks. Who? <laughs> black team. And, um, and I think last place last week was the Native American team. Oh, I, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. The Polynesian team outscored the black team with 15 points. Oh, no, I said I already said 15 points led by Storm. Yes. So last place was the Native American team. Their top, top scorer was the Hulk. This week, though, this week. <clears throat> Dom- Can we get a drum roll? Like, we need like some sound effects up in here. Well, yes, we do. This week was more domination by the multiracial team. 100 and 24 points. That's right. We have our first 100-point week. Sean, were, were, you, were you astounded when you saw that number? Mm, I mean, not astounded, but impressed. Impressed is the word I would use. Okay. Well, led by 25 points for Wonder Woman. No, sorry. Led by 32 points for Harley Quinn. Yes! Yes! Then- <laughs> yes! Sorry, sorry. Five points by Wonder Woman, then 19 points by Captain Marvel, then 19 points by Captain America, then 11 points by Catwoman. You had five double-digit scorers on your team. And the majority of them, if not, no, aside from, you know, Captain America, were women. I mean, oh, that's one thing the teams, you know, didn't really want to do is pick women and Look at them. I mean, look at what happens. Yeah. Just saying. And now the second place performer was the was the the Asian team. They put up a respectable fifty-seven points. Now thirty-two of their fifty-seven points were scored by the Batman. Um, other than that, there were eight points by Nightwing. So more Bat Family. Uh, four points by the Winter Soldier. Uh, Marvel's version of Nightwing and 
a lot of a lot of low scores after that. Iron Man only only put up five points, which is not what you want out of a second round pick. The next scoring team. The next scoring team was the Latinx team. There they were surprisingly. Their top scorer this week was Thor. Oh, th- he was like doing nothing for a while. He was just like on his own program. And then he just came out and said, hey, what's up? Yeah, tell me about it. He came, he came out, he destroyed Galactus in his book and turned his head into a castle. So Thor did work. Number two scorer this week was Doctor Strange, who successfully, uh, was it... 14 million mutant zombies, Sean, that, that uh, Doctor Strange got rid of? I want to say 16, but I could be wrong. Well, yeah, it might be 16 million. So He, 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 pulled, he, pulled, to, he pulled the weight, though. You know? He did all the heavy work. Scarlet Witch kind of just followed him around, because if there's anything an event has to do, it's kick the Scarlet Witch. That's right. And their third scorer was Aquaman. Remember him? Shut the front door. Aquaman gave them eight points. So, Sean, were you surprised when this happened? Did you see it? Did you read it? Like, what happened? It's all right. We were just like, he's talking to seven fish. Let's just give him seven points. He needs it. <laughs> now, our fourth place team. But no Namor? Just, just wanted to ask real quick. <laughs> no, weirdly enough, weirdly enough, Aquaman has been destroying Namor in the points category. Oh, okay. Just double checking. Our fourth place team seems to be the perennial fourth place team. The white delegation, Sean. I, this is by design. I called it from the beginning. I was like, I'm here for the creative aspect, but I can't not play the game. <laughs> this is where I'm sitting and I'm quite cozy and I'm quite happy about it. And I'd like to see the other teams come for me. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, I, the fact that, like, can we just, like, applaud Sean? Because, like, he really didn't try all that hard and look at him at fourth place. That's pretty amazing. I mean, isn't that a microcosm of whiteness, though? Yeah. <laughs> I, I only fail up. <laughs> oh, facts. <laughs> but, yeah, your top scorers were also women. Barbara, really? Not the Clash. Barbara Gordon. And punchline both put up ten points out of your thirty-six point out of your thirty-six points. Punchline is the joke that just keeps on giving. You know. <laughs> Maybe we should talk to the Native American team about, you know, women <laughs> representing women on their team. Just yeah. saying. So the next scoring team was the Jewish team. Manny led by Apocalypse, who gave the team seven points. Nice. And She-Hulk, who gave the team five points. Go She-Hulk. And Moon decided to show up. Um, Unfortunately, after his dominating uh, pre-scoring week, uh, where he took out all the Avengers by himself, he only put up four points in this second appearance. But again, it's a lot more points than some other teams have been able to muster with their characters. Speaking of people who've struggled to put up points, we have <laughs> an American team who put up 20 points this week, led by 
wait for it, wait for it, Poison Ivy. Wow. Shut the front door. And to think he was pressured into actually picking a woman. I mean. (laughs) Out of 20. 14 points out of 20 was Poison Ivy. And the other six points came from the Hulk, which is on brand, really on brand. Is the Hulk really doing much? Like, I thought the Hulk would be doing more. Yeah, Michael, is the Hulk really doing much this week? I mean, <laughs> it's surprising. It's surprising that the Hulk isn't doing more. But um, he, thank God that there's a maestro book. Who's the, uh, the Hulk, if he got a little smart and lost everything. I mean, it makes sense that you would track this book, though. I mean, it's written by Peter Peter David, right? This is Peter David again? Yes, it's Peter David. He's arguably, but not really, the definitive Hulk scribe of all time. He might be. He introduced a lot of elements in the Hulk mythos. And a lot of the things that people look back on and say that they loved about, if they ever did read a Hulk book, it was probably a Peter David book. It's like him and Greg Pak, I would say. Those two. Yeah. And um yeah, so beyond that, we have surprisingly not a last place finish out of the black delegation who gave us 16 points, led by 10 points for the Joker, five points for Galactus, in probably his last appearance in a long time after being thoroughly walloped by Thor, and one point for Thanos, who he might be killing Thor. So it will remain it remains to be seen. There was the final shot of the Thor comic was Thanos with with Mjolnir with the Infinity Gems on Mjolnir with an army of dead uh superheroes behind him. So who knows? Maybe that will make up maybe the black team will make up for the loss of Galactus with with some some Thanos action. And bringing up the rear this week with, t- with 10 points is the Polynesian team, led by, surprisingly, Namor. Welcome. Welcome to the, welcome to the party, Namor. You gave them four points. Scarlet Witch Hell gave them. has freezed over. Holy shit. Four, oh, my gosh. Four points for Namor, four points for Scarlet Witch, and two points for Raven. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's how things went down. In the, in the fourth week, uh, if, if, for those of you who are tracking the cumulative scoring, I will work our way from the bottom. 35 points for the Black delegation cumulatively. 39 points for the Polynesian team. That's going to be a good fight. I'm interested to see how that plays out. I agree. Another great fight is the fact that there are two teams Tied with 59. That's the Native American team and the Jewish team. Oh, that's going to be a really good fight. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I mean, the, the two delegations have so much in common that, you know, one has a Hulk, one has a She-Hulk. One has uh, Jean Grey. One has Shades of Grey. So, it's going to be a fight. The fight that won't be a fight is for fourth place because I feel like that's just all Sean with 106 points. Killing it. It's, it's lovely here. Right there. <laughs> right 
right in that mediocre zone. <laughs> the, uh, yes. the Manitoba, if you would. Now, another big, <laughs> another big fight is going to be between the Latinx and the Asian team, where right now the Asian team has 210 points and the Latinx team has 195 points. But last week that was flipped though. Week three that was flipped. So like Yeah, it's very close. Um Yeah. I'm just over here fighting air, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, up on top, way, 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 all the way up. Three hundred way I like it. Three hundred and eighty five points for the Latinx I mean sorry, for the multiracial team. Am I like allowed to just give out points? Like you know, I feel like I have a little bit of, I have some extra. I think you should just share it with me, though, you know? Like, just keep me in my comfort I, I, zone. I like, think you should, yeah. Like, a bit more. Yeah, just, uh, if you need it, I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I just want to say that Wonder Woman, by herself, has put up 120 points. That is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That is insane. Is it, though? Is it though himself and yeah, 16, because you would expect and it to be Batman. Batman. Yeah, well, I just want to say, and I got her on like the six, I was the, she was number 16, 16th, not 16th round, but 16th pick, right? Wonder Woman, yes. Batman by himself put up 115 points so far, so he's 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 in there as far as the overall point scoring MVP. Let's see who is the third, the number three point scorer. My guess is going to be Superman. Not the crow. <laughs> you ever seen the movie The Iron Giant? I have not. I'm familiar oh. with it. I haven't seen it. Superman. <laughs> that is the answer you're looking for. 79 points for Superman. So he's. Whoa, he's trailing. I know. What happened? What a bit. And beyond that, look at this. So many scorers, so many top scorers on the multiracial team. You have, with 58 points, Harley Quinn. With 57 points, Captain America. With 54 points, Captain Marvel. Damn. All on one team. A veritable juggernaut, considering the fact that the juggernaut has not scored any points. Maybe I'll pick the juggernaut for this round. No, the juggernaut's been picked. He's just has oh. That was going to be like, think. yeah, give me the down low. What, who should I be drafting? <laughs> well, after I meditate, I'll let you know. <laughs> but that does give, that, that does give us a good segue into the next discussion. Drum roll. Round 13 is upon us. That's right. We thought it was just going to be 12 rounds. There's actually going to be a 13th round in the order that I named the um, cumulative score the, from, from worst to first. We will be doing a 13th round this week. So if you're listening, watch us on social media, watch us on, on, the, on various platforms. Each team will have the opportunity to make an extra pick, a bonus pick, and try to see whether they can win some of these, these races that they have. Obviously, no one's going to overtake Kia, but in terms of the battle for second and the battle for last and the battle for mediocrity, these battles are going to be heating up. And the 13th, who knows, these 13th picks might be the difference between 
falling off and falling up. Okay. Now, Sean, Sounds like I'm going to definitely fall up because that's just what I do. Now, Sean, since you're our, since you're our FCL guru, uh, talk a little bit about what you've seen as far as trends in the Fantasy Comics League. Okay, I'm going to speak from DC perspective for a moment because this is all new data to me. First off, the Green Lantern family, powerhouse. Those rings can do anything. That's points on points on points, just stacking on that little ring. It's pretty great. Um, again, the Bat family, especially uh, after the the stellar Bat showing at the DC Fandom. If at least one Bat family doesn't get picked, I'm disappointed in the other seven captains. I agree. I agree. There's been a lot of big performances from the Bat family. Most notably, uh, actually, I won't say most notably, but there's been some strong weeks out of Batwoman. Yeah, Batwoman's been doing good. Um, some surprising scores for me. Like uh, this is based off last week because I haven't finalized mine for this week. But on the villain side, Lobo's killing it. Lobo's doing quite good. I yeah, I mean Lobo's one of those characters that a lot of people love, and he has a strong following. But he's kind of dipped as of late. In the last few years, he hasn't he hasn't been up at the the heights that he was in the '90s, late '90s and the early 2000s. So it's good to see him get a little bit of a resurgence. And again, I like I would like looking at Kokoa again. It's a crapshoot. You never know what's going to happen. I had Cyclops on my team, expecting him to be my best mutant this month. And I think he's my worst. He hasn't done anything this month so far in regards to Empire. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think he's been off-planet for Empire, right? I thought he was off-planet for, like, the first, like, day of it. But, like, it's going on for a while. Like, especially by, if we're using the Captain Marvel book as judge, it's been going on for a few days, it seems like. What? And that's the DC side of things. What do you think is, uh, I mean, I guess you, were, you, you jumped from DC to Marvel. Are there any other things about DC that you want to point out that, that some of the drafters might want to look out for? Um, no, like I said, you're looking at that Bat family, you're looking at that Green Lantern family, and... Oh, the Flash family. Like, Kid Flash, Wallace West. Good one to be looking at. Jay Garrick has been popping up all over the place. And, like, all of his appearances over the last three weeks have just been set up for what he's going to be doing in these coming issues, which are on their way. So Jay Garrick is, might be, like, a surprise killer pick. Now, I should give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the bane of your existence, uh, AKA death metal. Um, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, everybody's in it. I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah, you sit down to look at an issue of death metal and it's like, well, I got two hours I need to kill, I guess on this one issue. Thank you, Scott Snyder. Um, the biggest thing that I want to say about Death Metal is the fact that Deathbringer makes no sense in it. Donna Troy is showing up in it, and she was turned into Deathbringer for this event, 
but she's been showing up in her regular Amazonian self. That is weird. That is very weird. Now, one character that I've been seeing showing up that has been surprising is Shuri. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it'll you, but she's out there. Like, at this point, you kind of want characters that might be more surprising. Like, I don't think at this point you're going to get a, like, as in Ron, are not going to get a character that's going to put them into Frankia's league. So you guys got to, they're kind of competing with each other. So don't pick a one appearance character. Pick somebody that's got, like, three or four appearances. There are still plenty of those on the table. Yeah, I mean, there are there are there are definitely is a lot that can, that can happen on the DC side of things. I think I think when I looked at the numbers, the seventy five percent of our characters were drafted out from Marvel, so I think that may skew things in terms of what's available. Kia, you're just sitting there in the catbird seat watching everyone else uh, pick each other off. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty comfortable, you know. Like I, I just yeah, I hope that. You know, they make videos with, you know, just all my characters. And maybe we'll sing a little Queen song. We are the champions, my friends. <laughs> I would say that thus far, your biggest disappointments have been Magneto and Mystique. <gasps> Don't say that because they still have time. Don't they, Sean? Didn't you say they had time? They were going to like come in or maybe, or maybe Magneto at least? Uh, Magneto's going to be doing something this week because he's got his X-Men issue. See? So they that could be nothing, though. That. that could be him sitting on the council and making a lot of decisions. Well, Does he get a point for making decisions? He does. Okay, well then that's good for me as long as he did something. You know, he, he is a boss. Yeah, I mean, but when you got people like Harley Quinn putting up 30-point weeks out of nowhere, oof, just... Watch it be Mystique doesn't bring down Krakoa. She brings down Frakia. There were 96 picks in this draft, and Harley Quinn and Catwoman were 48 and 49. And they have between the two of them 112. No, sorry, 112 points. Yes. That's greater than my team. That's greater than everybody who came to play creatively, mostly. So, uh, your work is cut out for you, people. But, um, so if you're a fan, if you're, you know, we're going to, the picks are going to take shape over the next couple of days. So hit us up, hit all the captains up, uh, hit us, hit up racial draft, racial draft pod on Twitter and make it known if, you know, speak, speak your de- delegation, uh, and let you, let us know who you'd like to see be uh, come into the fold or sort yeah, of yeah especially as like you know the multiracial team we're, you know we'll we'll listen to what you got to say like i'm up for uh, any suggestions well i definitely have a, have a suggestion but i'm not going to give it on the podcast considering that you will be the eighth pick of the draft i mean of the of the round yes you, you guys are welcome for that welcome there's another captain that's just sitting there waiting to snipe somebody's picks <laughs> I already know who I'm going for. Really? Who? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty broadcasted over my history. 
Oh, the, wait. <laughs> it's the one that he really, really wanted, and nobody picked it. Wait. Yep, nobody picked it, and nobody remembers what it is, and we're just going to leave it there. Okay. <laughs> I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to make sure that when the pick happens, that uh, all the gifts are ready. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, what? So, I mean, you know, we 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 talked a little bit, guys. You have anything else that you'd like to uh, talk to the people about, John? Oh, I wanted to say this forever ago when we were talking about Karens. Did you know they're making a horror movie called Karen, and it's going to be about a white suburban lady who tries to do bad stuff to teenagers of color. Doesn't that sound like an awful idea? So, <laughs> I saw the headline, but I didn't know the synopsis. And Oh, the director has made absolute trash, too. So, listen, I got... Oh, I thought it was like Key and Peel or Keegan and Key... Is it Keel? Key, Keegan Peel? Peel? Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peel. There we go. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. Both of them. I thought that maybe that would be a great movie if that they made it. That would be a great movie. <laughs> if they made that's it. That's not what we're getting. But that's not what we're getting? Oh, mother of pearl. <laughs> Someone who was just paying attention on Twitter and saying, you know what? I, I can make a movie in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all they have to do is really just put clips of Karens all together. I mean, that's terrifying enough. I wouldn't watch that before bedtime. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know if that means that I don't know if, if that's Sean basically saying that one of the one of his picks is about to be a Karen. But we need to we need to look out for that. It would be an excellent middle name. But yeah, I guess we're gonna keep it keep it kind of short this week, guys. Uh, we don't have any any pop-ins from the different captains, but um, you know we're gonna we're gonna try to keep the shows brisk. Uh, Kia, you're always here and always welcome to continue to stunt on these hoes, as it were. Um, yeah, I learned the crip walk the other day, just for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean, why don't you take this moment? to shout out the Fantasy Comics League, without uh, which none of this could be uh, possible. Yeah, so the Fantasy Comics League system is a tracking system created by Brian Bradley and myself that allows us to apply a scoring system that is broad enough in scope that you could apply it to anything. The Fantasy Comics League started off by applying it to Marvel, and now we're applying it to DC as well. And next week, my Katara book will be coming out. So we will be applying it to Dark Horse Comics, which sounded a lot great, a lot better six weeks ago when I drafted this character. Now, uh, could you could you let some of the people know when your next seasons will be uh, starting up? Uh, I think we just started our first month. So August. So we are actually in the final season of the 2020 year. So we will not be having any new openings in the seasons until 2021, but hopefully for 2021, we might have a DC division about to take off. No, oh, that's, that's disappointing for the people who are just finding out about Fantasy Comics League. Maybe we might want to work something out for the fall. Um, you know, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah. And uh, you guys have a Patreon as well, don't you? 
we do. We have a Patreon in which um, we have multiple tiers. Our most basic tier is a giveaway tier. Um, we Everybody who donates to the Patreon, which is currently three sub sub subscribers, is entered in to receive the physical copies of many of the comics we, we purchase, just because we don't have storing for them as well. There's also a tier in which you can pay and you can play using the base Fantasy Comic League system, and we will track your points and create scoring cards for you. And then there's the new tier, which we've created, that allows you to add a variation gameplay, like Michael is doing with the Racial Draft. And what's the Patreon? Uh, is it Patreon slash Fantasy Comics League? It is Patreon slash Fantasy Comics League. So, I mean... Hopefully you're at, or you're at all Patreon at Patreon slash Racial Draft. If, uh, after that, go to Patreon slash and support us. There and are also, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, check us out on Twitter on Fantasy Comic and then LG because we couldn't fit League. <laughs> Fantasy Comic LG. Um, yeah, check us out. Hit us up. Um, we're, we've got big things planned in the fall and early 2021. Uh, continue to support and continue to listen, continue to share. I mean, we'd still love to hear your thoughts about what we're doing each week and, you know, help Kia talk trash. And maybe if you're from a different delegation than the ones that we have represented in our eight, uh, let us know if you'd like to see your delegation represented in season two of the racial draft. But, um, you know, like I said, I think that's going to be it for us this week. So until next time, all things are possible. All things are possible. <laughs> <laughs>